hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. I am your host, Danny. And joining me, I have Bradley Moore. And I met him through this coaching program called Thought Leader that I'm enrolled in right now to help me learn how to do a TED Talk. Ah. And so I had a coaching call with Bradley and I was telling him about my talk and alignment and remembering and all of these things. And all of a sudden our conversation turned really spiritual and we were both just like, have you heard of this? Oh my God. Oh my God. And so um, I was like, we need to continue this outside of this coaching call, because I feel like we could talk for hours about these subjects. And would you like to come on my podcast? And did we just become best friends? <laughs> and so today was finally the day where we got to continue our conversation. And I, I mean, we went pretty deep, you guys, and kind of all over the place too. And I mean, that's kind of how spirituality works when you're when you're into it like that. And we talk a little bit about our experiences with psychedelics, with awakening. Uh, and then of course, quoting like a tons of awesome spiritual teachers like Socrates and Ram Dass and Alan Watts and Wayne Dyer. And oh my God. So and we even got into quantum physics a little bit too. And so this was really fun for me to be able to banter back and forth about spirituality with somebody. And so it was nourishing for my soul in a way it was challenging for my mind and how we were like articulating different things and, and talking about our stories and different things that we love and have integrated and have experienced. And so all of that to say, you can tell my excitement is I hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it. And if you're into spirituality and philosophy and awakening and just exploring and kind of like going through all of these, these things, um, I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast. So thank you, Bradley, for joining me. This was amazing. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. And everybody, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope I, I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Okay. I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Bradley, what's up and welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this all week. How are we? Awesome. Me too. I'm doing good. So I was just telling you that I'm in the middle of a fast right now, a two day water fast. Well, I'm, I'm on day two and I'm going till actually the Sunday is a full moon and lunar eclipse. Did you know that? I did not. I know about I retrograde. Everyone is using it for excuses. <laughs> Various <laughs> places in my life, they're like, "Oh, I forgot to wash my car." Retrograde. Oh, that's so funny. And earlier, well, so there is a full moon coming up, and before I started the fast, I actually didn't know that, and so I was going to go for three days, but I think I'm going to end it on the full moon. Um, so I'm going to go for four days, which feels pretty good right now. I feel actually okay. The headache is gone, and all of that stuff. And speaking of Mercury retrograde. I don't know a ton about it, but doesn't it kind of mess with technology and things like that or something? You, you might be right. I, this is my first, I've heard of it in the past, but I actually have never like researched it or so okay. I, they could be credible excuses. So if those people watch, don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause earlier I thought it was with technology and communication. And earlier I was report, recording a podcast and our zoom cut out. Luckily everything still got recorded and uploaded just fine, but about, I don't know, 75% of the way through it cut out. And I was like, oh my God, no. And she, she disappeared. I disappeared. So maybe there is something to this mercury retrograde stuff, but we're just going to pray that it's all going to go smooth today for us. Um, okay. So our meeting was actually pretty cool how me and you got connected. And so I don't know. I just want to give a little brief synopsis of that is, um, well, actually maybe, maybe, Let's start out with that with you, because you're actually more in the coach's seat on that point. Sure. 
Do you mean in terms of TL and how I got there and all that? Yeah, and how and then how we connected and then now yeah. we're friends and going forward. <laughs> so Danny and I connected through essentially a, we call it a welcome call at our company, and it's basically an introduction into what we do at TL, which is land people TEDx talks. And so we connected and instantly I started to see some similarities just in her background. I saw the prayer flags and the mala beads. And so we had a great conversation there. And as they do in many, many, many of these conversations, I'm like, man, we need to link up after this and have a chat about what the really interesting part of this conversation was. And so that's kind of where this all spawned. Yes, it did. And we totally went spiritual and deep. We were talking about like different dimensions and psychedelics and all of these cool things. And I'm like, did we just become best friends? I think we did. <laughs> um, yeah. So I know a little bit of your story. I don't know. A, I know like a brief kind of you walked me through it last time, but I would love to know just to give people a background on who we're talking with here. Um, your journey and start wherever you want and end, I guess, where you are now kind of being this spiritual sprinkle of pixie dust in everybody's life and all the lessons <laughs> that you've learned. And it's been really cool to, to listen to you and, and your knowledge and stuff. So I guess just, just lay it out. <laughs> Perfect. So long story short or short story long, I don't know which one it'll turn into. So <laughs> um, essentially I worked, came out of high school, classic typical American education. I thought I was completely done. I didn't read and, you know, the classic, I started getting paid enough to buy things. And I was like, okay, cool. I can, I can put all the other stuff aside. And that worked for so long as the material could keep up with like my actual happiness. Mm. And I think it all kind of accommodated from the first time was actually didn't really have anything to do with psychedelics. It was, I had a long, long relationship with someone who and this was just like a scratch at the surface of me starting to realize there's something deeper than, you know, the ego and materialism. So it was like, it was almost like that's what pushed the door open enough for the eventual psychedelic journey. But essentially a bad breakup. It wasn't a great relationship. And so there was one, I was like the kind of like the rubber band effect of me realizing, okay, this is done. And right here and right now is when I need to deal with all the emotions and trauma and whatever else comes with, a, you know, high school breakup. Yeah. And I just... I remember in that moment, just, it was kind of, it was surrendering really. I was just like, well, this is just what it is. And it is what it is. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know, what is it? It's the breakup. And this is what we have to do. I was listening to like, some Joe Rogan clip. And he was like, just talking about like trying to hang on in relationships and like the way that kind of creates this, it's almost like a personality of like a web now, because now you're trying to fill that gap where this person, especially when you come out of high school, I think, you, you build up a lot of these initial like intimacy pieces of your life that you and you and I can probably say we now have with ourselves in terms of like meditation and loving yourself basically but that is oftentimes keyed to a person I think mm -hmm. originally right and when you split from that person I mean I can feel the, goose, the goosebumps now of like that feeling of like okay that is done I need to figuring out how to give that to yourself is it was that was the surrendering it was like okay I have to figure the shit out myself basically like I can no longer rely on this person it's not healthy mm -hmm. so that was really like the first chink in the armor of my ego it was like I'm just gonna have to settle with like I'm not gonna fix this person it's the pride of like all of the I mean I lost almost all of my friends trying to protect this relationship and so it's just all this culmination of I just have to reset and that eventually led into you know five years of kind of like growing up at UPS discipline and eventually I, you know, it kind of turned back towards the materialism and eventually 
I found Alan Watts and I started to run at night. And my first real, I won't call it mystical, it was just really badass, basically. I was running along the levee and I saw like a massive asteroid or meteorite. I don't know the correct term for when it's actually in the atmosphere, but it was just sweet. It was nighttime and I was by myself listening to Alan talk about how the ego is some superficial, like, you know, it doesn't exist and all these existential things that he he's good at articulating. And it was just right there was another interesting like chink in the arm. And I'm like, what is really going on? Like in reality, but I often ask myself that driving home. And then eventually I just tried six grams of psychedelics to get, <laughs> to be completely honest. And that was what, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into the, the depths of that journey or stuff, cause I can run on and on about it, but I don't know how you feel. I feel like I just ran on for a while. No, that's perfect. I'm, I'm curious about the psychedelic journey. Cause that's something that has helped me through different dark nights of the soul and creating um, space between my, this identity and the net and the next one. So I'm kind of curious about your journey and what, what happened? Six grams. <laughs> that's it. And well, you went from zero to six grams. So I had one experience in high school, but it was, you know, it was high school. So I didn't really have much introspection capability really. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of just hanging out with my buddy and it, there was definitely something in that experience when I was, where I was kind of like interested, but I just didn't have enough knowledge about life biology and how anything worked really to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And so essentially I, I came to a point where I was kind of like plateauing, like I ran every night grade, I'm saving money, blah, blah, blah. And I was like doing all the things that people were like, well, this will create your white picket fence, you know, that, that American dream fantasy, which is a thing, right? But I was trying to grab it from outside of the world, right? Like I had a Mustang and I was, you know, it was huge payment on it. It was like a weight on my life. It was definitely not helpful in picking up women or impressing people either. It was only a six cylinder tier, but <laughs> it was just the material things that I was like kind of compounding. I'm like, okay, I've got the car. Okay, I can now save my 401k. Okay, I got a good job at UPS. All right, I'm now mentoring people. Okay, I'm giving back to people. Okay, I'm donating to charity. All right, I'm running. Okay, I've got all these aspects, you know, like the five real major things like your relationships, your finances, your physical, mental health. And then the one I was missing was my spirituality or I call it creativity for people who are like woo-woo adverse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's the most important one. That's where the real contribution I mean, it's, it's interesting to explain, but essentially I just, I was like, okay, Joseph Campbell, Alan Watts, I, mean, I read a little bit out as Huxley, all these people are like, psychedelics was really helpful in my life to understand. And I'm like, okay, so if a Harvard professor, Ram Dass, more specifically, is going to, I mean, because I, I had a little bit of education and I've been in a business now and I'm like, okay, people don't just go and do psychedelics and leave all of the like comforts of being a tenured professor at Harvard, I think he was, right? And you, so I'm like, okay let me just do this like one time and let's not play around in microdose. Let me just do enough to where I'll know if something's going to happen. Like I was going to do 7.5, but luckily my brother was there and I got a little squeamish. And so he took the other, I won't name the brother just in case, but he took the other and that was invaluable to me to have someone who was barely there with me. But I would, I mean, there was points where I would look at him and be like, he, he or he wouldn't know how to say something to our caretaker and like explain what he was you know, and he was just like, I, uh, and so I'd be like, no, what he's saying is it's really uncomfortable for you to, we feel like we're judging us and you know what I mean? And you'd have to explain it. And he'd be like, yes, exactly. And then, you know, that breath of air, when you're in that state where you're like, okay, they understand everything's okay. I can relax. And, 
and it just spiraled up from there. I mean, there's lessons on lessons on lessons. I mean, uh, honestly, I often think about just like asking people, like pick a, pick, pick fear, pick doubt, pick, like pick, you know, pick a, I don't know if there's like a category for those, but I mean, we could just talk about doubt. Like, so there's a point in the experience where and it almost felt like it got to the point where I was like having a conversation with my subconscious where I would ask a question and it would immediately like, okay, here's the answer, but there was no ego involved. So I didn't have to question the answer. Mm. Right. And so I asked it at one point, okay, what do I, what if I kill off myself? Right. And obviously I'm like comatose on the couch right now in the peak of this trip. So I'm meaning this figuratively and the voice is just like, okay, then you die. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Cool. And so I could feel like it was just a release and it wasn't some huge thing that I was, I was like, ah, you know, I didn't make noise. It was just like, it was a, a mental acceptance of like, okay, the ego just died. Like I, Bradley's gone. Cause I was just that like zooted, you know what I mean? To use a, to use this, you know, a young hip term. And at that moment I was like, okay, then what am I? And the voice was like, well, you're God. And it wasn't like, I had to go and read the Bible and like, okay, I and summoned snakes from sticks, but it was like, it instantaneously, I was like, okay, logically that makes sense because if I'm nothing, I'm no thing, then I'm everything, right? That makes me God because that's what God is. The proverbial God, if you look at any religion is essentially it's that, it's the, ah, that you can't ever get to and during the trip. And that's what makes it fun and mysterious. And so that, that was the lesson of like, you know, don't fear the surrendering, right? don't doubt the answers that you already have inside you right Mm. you could talk about fear any of them well i want to comment on the god thing first um so i'm going through this thing have you ever done a holotropic breath work where it's like you breathe over and over again and it releases natural dmt in your brain and i can yeah i've definitely heard a little bit about it i haven't done it but i've i sometimes i will just deep breaths and it does you can just definitely tell i don't know what the science behind it is but Um, so the ones I've been doing lately have been, uh, you know, it it takes like a breathwork facilitator. So my friend autumn, and next time I run one, I'll invite you to it. It's like 33 bucks. It's, it's a cup, you know, it's like three hours long, but you breathe for the real breath work is for the hour and you're inhaling, exhaling. And like your, your body starts to tingle, your hands cramp, your mouth kind of cramps a little bit. Um, but when you're finished with the work, you settle and you kind of go back to your normal state and, lately I've been having conversations with my higher self in those states. And it's been one, like a one word answer, just like, bam. And so when you're breathing like that, you release natural DMT in your brain. Um, and so the veil becomes very thin between you and your higher self or you. And some people get visited, you know, in like a mediumship or psychic stuff happens, or just that veil becomes very thin. And it kind of like, in a way, I guess you breathe your ego out of the way. And so I've been getting little hits like that too, almost like I would in a psychedelic experience because it is DMT is psychedelic. Um, and so I've been getting that too about you are God. And I was like, and I asked my higher self or whoever I was talking to. And I was like, well, how do I know that I am God? And it said, because I am. And I was like, freaking has this little sense of humor too. Like I am that I am. And it was, uh, then the next thing I said was how, how do I access you? And it said stillness. And then, you know, there was a series of questions, but they all made super sense. And it was just like one answer, boom, there was no judgment around it. And when I first started to do these breathwork sessions, I thought, am I just thinking these answers or is this something that's really being told to me? Right. 
Um, but I just trusted that it was something that was really being told to me. And one of them, I was like, okay, well, what do I do with this information? And it said, speak. And what's cool about that is like my whole, you know, the talk that I'd like to do is all about remembering who we are. And that the whole conversation was about remembering and how many times a day do you give yourself to remember who you are? Like, do you meditate? Do you have an altar? Do you, but like whatever we would do. Um, and yeah, so I thought that was just interesting. So I got a similar hit about being God, uh, with, I guess it's another psychedelic molecule going on in my brain and body and DMT. So, so, okay. So that's just what I want to comment on that. I can relate to that, um, in a very big way. Yeah. Just one more thing on that. When I was in Sedona doing breath work, um, with the facilitators, my whole body was like convulsing. I mean, just like shaking. And I, you know, I'm kind of a skeptic with stuff like that. So for my whole body to be like going through these little tremors, I was releasing something, but then at the end of it, I was receiving something. And it was like my higher self, like, don't you see yourself? Don't you see who you are? And it was almost like saying like, don't you feel you? And that's then, then started the conversations with myself from that point on. Um, so it's just all about remembering and being God and we are divine and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so now I'm curious to know what you have to say about fear, because that just spun me off on a whole new tangent, but what did the mushrooms teach you about fear? I think that was a great point. Honestly, we can talk about that okay. a little bit more yeah. if, you, if you're interested by it. Fear is okay. always there, but this is a perfect place to kind of like tie into fear. So, so I find it so interesting that you have different techniques, including. So, I, I see the common theme here is this: is the release of the ego's ability to like cause anxiety about thinking something right so when you so normally when you're like before any of this happened like i wouldn't even use the word god because i thought it was such a trite overused like overloaded term and after the experience once you understand it's almost like it it sounds almost arrogant to even say this but you can kind of understand why buddha said the things he did you can kind of it gives you a different perspective on the words they were saying right so that's what really that's really what the spiritual journey is it's like i don't know i think enlightenment is really the start it's like enlightenment is the realization that this this thing that you've been given so when you're a baby you have no and i mean this is a point that everyone talks about i know it's probably ran in the ground but when you start as a baby you don't have an ego you don't have a personality you don't have you're just there you're so it's almost like a tiger doesn't think hunt it just tigers it reacts it's like a constant it's and so that's and i get i'm getting real bad at myself but that's like the garden of eden right so the when you talk about the garden of eden there's it's just being is the whole thing a whole thing of of that parable or metaphor whatever you want to call it right that's that's like nirvana that's like to your point and what i'm bringing it full circle to is when you have those moments where the ego has just been like oh whatever dude if you're just going to breathe for 35 minutes and not think about cigarettes and you know whatever your vice is personally mine would be mud water and like another incense or something (laughs) and you know what i mean what's that subsides though you you're a baby again but you're also an adult and you understand physics a little bit and you know how to drive a car and you know how, what it means to serve someone and you know about empathy and you know how to show up for a job and have a successful date with someone so you have the toolkit of the ego but when you remember holy shit i'm actually just 
interlaced in this entire fabric of I mean that's the feeling of being God like I think it was worth exploring and something that I found in my an interesting thing in my spiritual experience and I wonder if you could relate to this is like it's almost like a letdown for me it was almost a letdown for me afterwards because I was like oh man I don't get to like shoot fireballs because I love I love anything like medieval like mages and witchcraft and sorcery and all that. like that would be sick I would love to shoot lightning from my hands one of the biggest realizations from that experience was being God isn't, you don't get it. There's no bonus level up. You don't get tyranny. You don't get to be powerful. You just get to, what it comes down to is really you get to serve, right? And so to your point, when you're clear like that, you hear speak, that's the, I mean, Jesus Krishnamurti talks about us all having the same subconscious. And I'm, I'm not claiming that's true, but it's almost really interesting when you think about having like a source or a ground or any of these terms like the brahman from the hinduism circle i mean we could go on and on right but that's what causes that fear though is so it's almost i'm picturing like there's like a connection baby and awakening right and when you're born you're clean like your slate's clean there's no you're ugly or this you're that you're white male you're you know blah 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 you have acne no one loves you whatever you hear in life right <laughs> And at the end of the, the end of the trip here, this is where you realize, holy shit, I've woken up to the fact that the ego is kind of just like, I don't want to say not real because it's there and useful, but it's not the, it's not the actual you. That's just the layered on stuff that you've been using to navigate whatever the hell this is. And so you leave the Garden of Eden, the second you identify as separate, right? And then you, you take this long journey outside the garden and you wake up and uh, Joseph calls it joseph i call him joseph joseph campbell <laughs> he calls it um you eat of the garden of the i think it's the tree of knowledge right and then you separate from the garden of Eden because now you understand that you're separate and you can't tiger anymore because the there's a space between the impulse and the stimuli or the stimuli and the impulse meaning when there's no you know that he can think about it now and that's when you get like jungle book where he's like ah you know i have i want to go and take vengeance now like tigers don't have that they just it's stimulus reaction and that's that's being you know, in that garden where you don't have the choice, but the, the real gift, I guess, is what I'm trying to say from the spiritual and psychedelic awakening is you realize you now get to see it all, right? And so that expels the fear instantly when you realize that there's no you that's going to be lost to the world once you die, right? And, and so fear just kind of abolishes itself. I mean, I remember about two weeks after the trip, I felt insane for about a week. Just, I mean, I wouldn't go back to it unless it was maybe i will i definitely will okay let me just be honest eventually i will but i don't feel like a necessary urge to go and just you know experiment anymore i feel like the goose is cooked and so i saw i saw, basically i was just having this anxiety about like not having like is my ego fucking real am i real what the hell's going on right now and i would just be alone downstairs the dogs would be sleeping and there's no noise and i was just like okay we got to deal with this right here right now like if just die just die right here to it then and then i like I pictured just like, you know, your typical static monster with like white eyes, you know, the big, something really scary. And I was like, okay, just take the body then. Like go for it, bro. Cause then you get to be me and you can be something and I'll be you and I'll be no thing and I'll be everything and bipartisan. Cause if you're not a thing, you get to be everything, which is that fear of like, we're going to lose and be not a thing. Right. I was like, what am I going to be when I die? Okay. I won't be a thing. And I literally said it to myself in my head and I'm like, okay, what does that make me? Everything. Okay boom, I am God. Like that's, the, that's, it's just a simple realization. It's not power. It's not money or fame or a Bible that you write. 
you don't get to be on the wall in my spiritual sanctum that I'll eventually create like the other icon. You know what I mean? It's not like that. I don't feel that I need that. It's just service. You just, your goose is cooked now and you get to be the Bodhisattva. And what's, why would you fear at that point? Right. Obviously you fear for the people around you and I don't know like how you feel about it, but if I got shot in the street, I'd probably still be like, damn, no, not yet. But I'm, I would hope to be like Gandhi and be like, hey, I forgive you. At least get to that point before this collection of memories finally disperses from this particular vibration pattern that they call Bradley. Does that make sense? I don't know. I kind of rambled there at the end, but there's no fear once you don't identify with being separate. Yes. Definitely. Um, and that's something I'm actually learning in the Bhagavad Gita. Have you ever studied that before? I know the story. Mm -hmm. So I'm only on chapter three, um, but I'm going through it with a Hindu teacher, which I'm so like, Sick. oh my God, I'm like drooling. It's like the best. <laughs> she like speaks in Sanskrit and she's like right out of India and all of these things. So she's walking us through the book, but something that has been hitting me really hard lately um, especially as my grandfather, he's actually like kind of old, like end of life kind of situation. And I'm understanding that Arjuna didn't want to fight, you know, his, his, his cousins and his teachers and things like that in the battlefield. And he was grieving for something that isn't real, basically. So Krishna yeah. was telling him that like, what you're grieving for is not real. And you, we shouldn't grieve for them because we are eternal. There's nowhere for us to go and we'll just be back again and things like that. And so I guess just thinking about the ego self and how it's like earth guide only kind of a Wayne Dyer thing, but how it's like, it's necessary. And I used to think that it was so not necessary and we can get into that in a second. Um, but thinking about the eternalness of who we are and how there is nothing separate and how we never, we're never born or we're never die. We just transfer from whatever to whatever. Um, that's something that I'm also learning about in the Gita and it's been hitting me really hard too. And I don't even know how to fully say that to my family or to have to people that are suffering of losing somebody or anything like that, because I don't even know that I could say it or it's my place, but it's a, it's an understanding that I'm start that's starting to drop into me. And maybe that's all it is. It's, it's like my mentor calls it a dawning. And like, you start to, it's a dawning, like you don't all of a sudden get these crazy powers and whatever it is, or maybe you do get some cities, right. As you start to do your thing. Um, but it's more so like a dawning and a knowing and a trusting and an understanding and a stillness that drops in in mm -hmm. a, a piece that like, this is real, but there's also another level of reality. That's even more real than the reality that we're sitting in. So yeah. I don't even know how I got to that point, but I had to bring up the Gita. Cause I know you mentioned some yoga stuff there too. Um, and yeah, I think on one level, when you come to understand that we are the real, I is eternal. The real, who we are is eternal. Um, then a lot of fear does dissipate. A lot of anxiety does dissipate. Exactly. Um, I wonder if it fully does ever, because we are still human and experiencing these things. Yeah. Do you think it ever fully dissipates? That was another interesting piece of the journey of my trip, actually. So that was like directly after I asked, okay, if I'm God, what does that mean? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, you're just, you're God, bro. And then I figured, I figured that little piece out. And then just that simple little change of the way you look at things. And then after that, I was like, okay, what happens if I kill God? Like metaphorically. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. you don't want to do that because what are you going to compare against? And I was like, what a simple fucking answer though. But it's this, it's the truth to your point. You're, you, why would, if you get rid of, humanity i mean we can just 
I'll just lean on my 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 buddy Ramdas. He says, you know, if you're on the beautiful snow white peak of Everest of the metaphorical height of guruness, right? And you're just so peace and blissed out and you're not even here anymore. You you're too busy looking up, you can't see the blood on the snow. Right? But if you're too busy looking at the blood on the snow, you forget about the beautiful sky and all of this I mean, the literal heaven we get to see is conscious beings on earth. And so I think that's the, that's, that's the middle path. That's the dance that we take that Buddha talks about. It's, and that's this, that's this point is now you, you've wrangled all this shit right here and you go, okay, none of that's real. I don't have to be anxiety. I don't have to have anxiety about all, you know, when I got pants in middle school or, you know, whatever in between baby and awakening happened to you that you cling to in terms of the anxiety and the, the doubt and all that but so it's almost like you have to surrender to all that you're like okay i am that but i'm also everything else so but it doesn't ever go away i mean i think the main thing to remember is just not everyone is ever going to be awakened and maybe they will be i don't know i've, I've done a lot of deliberating deliberating about that in my with myself like i don't know if i would want everybody to be you know may, maybe on some level but I always want the ego there, right? Because I don't want to live with 40 people. I got to be honest. People are nasty. Some people don't wipe, wipe after themselves when they make, make dinner, right? I like living you know, in a space that I'm comfortable with, with the amount of people and my three dogs. And it's great that they have their houses and they can do that too. But I don't know if I would want to just, you know, communes are great for the people that enjoy those. But on a national level, there's too much suffering that I guess is what I'm trying to say that would incur. Because not everyone's going to be like on board Ram Dass says, uh, he talks about taking out the trash and he's like, it's all great until it's sunflower's time to turn to take out the trash and she doesn't want to take out the trash. You know what I mean? And it's, but that's just the nature of reality. I mean, there's people, all the, all, all people's paths are different. There's one mountain, but in one peak, but there's a billion paths. I mean, eight, eight billion now because of the amount of people are on earth. So how could you help another person if you were just like, just breathe you know what i mean just come back to center your god like the first you try to tell your grandparents that that's not going to help them so it's like a constant shifting back and forth and you you now you danny and i and all the people listening who are trying to transmute their experience into wisdom it's our job to figure out okay how much of the juice can this person handle yeah right is it even my job to do that for this person did they ask for that right is it is this am I throwing too much food on one on one plate for this person right yes. when I go to my nephew I say hey when you're angry take a time out think about it just take some breaths and then we'll talk about what happened right you can tell me why you felt that way but when I talk to my brother who was on the journey with me in a you know in that two two gram capacity and I'm like I'll like literally like piss him off on purpose and he gets caught so so easy and then I'll be like I mean I'm caught too right but in that moment, I'm like, okay, this is a moment to teach. Like I, I can come back really quick now. It's like, oh shoot, I was angry at a game and I played with my brother, right? Um, and we got a little argument and I'm like, so I sent him Wayne Dyer's thing. Cause he's like, he's like, I'm mad at you because you did this. And I was like, ah, oh, perfect chance. And I, the, the oranges, you can't, when he talks about, you never get banana juice from an orange juice. Like you get, which you get what is inside a person when you squeeze them. And so I'm always looking for those little moments to, adjust and teach and like that was a lesson for me too because i got caught in the fact that i lost a pixelated screen movement you know what i mean i'm like Ugh. but that's a habit pattern from a kid being a kid and maybe we'll keep that one to to balance out but 
I don't know. Those are the, those, that's kind of how I look at it is like, you wouldn't want to get rid of your, your, it's your best friend. Your ego is your best friend, right? Yeah. Yes. And I used to say, oh, we don't need the ego. The ego needs to die, blah, blah, blah. Like, cause everybody talks about it. Like it's the worst thing. And like, it's right. so separate from us. Mm -hmm. And um, in a way, I think that the ego is necessary. I mean, if we didn't have an ego, we probably wouldn't be here on earth like we wouldn't be desiring anything because we would just be kind of in spirit and doing whatever and even my coach claire she teaches me that like even monks who are desiring not desiring are desiring something and they're actually like denying themselves from like life life and for a while i was like i just want to go be a monk and just forget about all this like i just have i don't want nothing to do with any of this and in a way and my dad said this one time, he's like, that's, he's like, you're just denying reality. And I hated that he said that, but I was, I was denying this reality in this incarnation. If I was supposed to be a monk, then I would, I would probably be there or I would go there. Like I would just trust that that's going to be my path. But my path right now is to be here in this society, studying spirituality, talking about it with people. And by me wanting to run off and do that is like me denying life. And so by us wanting to kill the ego, I think in a way is like us denying life and denying who like our ego is like this this danny this yeah. personality is danny and like she shouldn't be in the front seat but she can be in the back seat and put the soul in the front seat and and that that part of me can drive the car and the ego can maybe be a great servant to my purpose so that's i roll around the ego stuff a lot in my mind and even thinking that like is the ego this is what Claire talks about too. Is the ego real or is it really just our insecurities? Like people have made this ego, this big thing, this entity that's so outside of us, but like, is it just really our insecurities and we're just putting, bringing it outside of us and putting it there? Yeah. That's a great, it's a great question. I, off, I, I, Yes, is the, is the short answer. Yes, I'm trying to think of how to word it. So like, it's a separation, right? When I, like, if I, if you looked at me and you're like, Brad, those glasses look so stupid. Can you take them off? We're doing a podcast, right? And I'm going to be like, damn, I thought my blue light glasses were, you know, my eyes aren't dry though. Like, damn, Danny, you know what I mean? And then that little piece, I'm like, okay, to protect myself from what I'm feeling from that, I'm just going to put that to the side right now. And you do that as a child. I mean, think about the first few years of a normal American child's life is like you're being told what not to do how to act who to be who to react to how to react to them you're modeling your parents like you don't really get to choose yourself until you get to the point where you realize how yourself was created mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah I don't know you, you, I think you're I think you're dead on with that one like because you, you're pushing it away so you can and then I talked to a neuro neurophysiologist, I think she was, and she, she made the point of saying like, so how trauma, and I don't know to what extent this is correct or if I'm elaborating it, right? But she basically was saying, as, our, as we go through life, we're constantly doing things. And especially in society nowadays, you have no time to rest. Mm. And so when you have a traumatic event and then your parents are like, okay, but you got to get up and go to school tomorrow, whether you understand the fact that this happened to you or not. And then 10 years later, you're sitting alone and you take some psilocybin or in my case 25 years later and all of the trauma of your entire life is now the ego's gone so the the, the bouncer right who's like no no we can't do trauma today we got to go play league for 10 hours then we got to work tomorrow and rent you know what i mean then we got to go hang out with whoever 
that that person's suddenly gone and then the brain's like hey remember all the shit that i packed in the back of your head so we could live our life for the last 45 years productively let's talk about it and it, it was just massive massive healing for me but the more you separate from yourself the more you have this tension and she was talking about how your brain actually doesn't communicate well because one side deals with the trauma and so it's constantly and this side deals with you know logic okay we got to wipe our hineys after the bathroom right we have to do these things and they never get a chance to truly sink and that's where you miss out on creativity and and to like I call it, and so the way I distilled it for my TED talk is basically just connection, connecting back to yourself. And we talked a little bit about Wolf Boy and <laughs> like how I used to run around in my in my underwear outside in the woods and how and you know those those were the moments where I wasn't I didn't care if you called me like a skinny little punk. I'd be like, oh yeah, what? And run away and be like, ha, and like hit you with the stick and shit. I was a little wild of them, you know what I mean? But I wasn't collecting those things to buy out of some later you know, like when I go home and I'm sad about it, like, well, they're just stupid. Like, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go play Pokemon now. And then slowly over time, I'm like, wait a minute. I want a girlfriend. I need to have these attributes so these people will pay attention to me, this demographic. Oh, I need to graduate high school. And slowly you kill off the curiosity and the connection you had to, I mean, that's the source, right? It's like, what the heck's going on right now? When you're a baby, that is literally what you, you're, what the heck's going on right now? And touching everything and eating everything. And slowly, you know, and you have, that's why being a child is so beautiful because you get enough ego tool to have fun, but you're not worried about like what's going to happen, right? When, you know, whatever you do gets you in trouble with your parents and you're grounded, you're like, yeah, whatever, I'll cry and mama let me out of it. You don't, you don't care. <laughs> and eventually we start to care so much that we lose. And I'm not saying go be a child again, but be curious, right? And the way I, my call to action is that I work with is basically just go put your feet in the dirt. Like go, go on a hike, take your shoes off, Get your feet a little dirty. Let the let your body talk with the earth a little bit microbially. Reduce some inflammation. These are proven scientific things. And then slowly, that party that gets really curious, you're going to look up and see, is that what kind of tree is that? And then luckily, we've got the Library of Alexandria in our hand. So I mean, I'll, I'll I have a little tree app, and I'm just like, what kind of tree is this? You know what I mean? And I'm just constantly curious about everything on the walk, and that's. So I had a greenhouse. I didn't get a chance to get out there before I tried to, but I was too busy eating pops for lunch. <laughs> they were delicious, by the way. Pops and are good. I take my shoes off out there. Just water the trees. I love pops. We could talk about pops. You want to switch to pops? <laughs> <laughs> I really love trees too, though. We could take the pops and go sit by a tree. Yeah. Um, so wait, you have a greenhouse with trees that you go water and sit by them? Tell me about that. That sounds amazing. So in my closet, the light's off, but I do bonsai trees, basically. I'm very novice, but basically I'm just growing trees and I'll like curve the branch a little bit, but it's just really interesting to, it's just a space of just clarity and it's, I have just a classic tank greenhouse and I go out there and so it's a way to like force myself out into nature, right? Because I've got all these trees that I have to care for and I've spent a bunch of money on them. And I go and I just take my shoes off and walk out there with bare feet and, you know, dodge the dog cow pies and just you feel that little bit of like i'm just cultivating that space and it's still hard for me to not be like oh god i just should wear shoes because you know like what if i step on something and then i'll have to go to work with a hurt foot and that that ego is there like hey we're still collecting on the side we got things to pay but that little child is like let me out of here you know like get <laughs> run in this grass right now and i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa we gotta watch for and so that's the balance that i'm talking about it's like okay i've taken the corporate like ups mindset promotable professional 
now let's bridge the two and now i can really be of service to people at all levels right mm -hmm. i can tickle my nephew and throw him around on the couch and stuff and talk about his emotions and then i can go do a podcast about the highest level metagame there is in life and at least be somewhat useful right which is my goal and slowly you just realize it's really about just reducing suffering because if i'm you danny and you're me the last thing i want to do is leave you with a bad vibration so you can spread that to all the people in your life and then even though it dies out by the fourth person it's still there subconsciously right and then you know like you know our children might get married one day and the last thing i want is to you know then i would i would be seeing it as my point i'd be like holy shit that's that one time i was mad to, at danny and called her a smelly head she took that and that you know what i mean and we passed that down to our children that mindset and that well don't talk to these type of people with beards and headsets with mics that are scrunchy you know what i mean they call you smelly head and so the, the mind's just you know what i mean there's the first inlaid bias that we get before we can even realize what it means to be a compassionate person mm. Mm, i love that and you said something like it dies out by the fourth person is that no i was just you were just yeah. saying that. Okay. Cause I'm all about the vibes about and the it. ripple effect. Okay. All right. I'm like, cool. More science for this. Um, I wish, I wish that could be a study we could do one day, Danny. Yeah. How long does it last before the energy? <laughs> you know, it probably lasts a while though. Cause I would say, yeah, people interact with a lot of people. Oh my God. It's, it's like, if you think about how COVID That's my spread, whole point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. think about how just bad news spreads. Yeah. Same so thing. Quickly. Like, yeah, if you can be, if you can imagine one person angry, you can imagine the next person angry. Especially if you know, I go downstairs and I'm like, "Hey guys, fuck you! I just did my first podcast. Oh, <laughs> suck!" You know what I mean? Because I have my own podcast, but I've never been asked onto one, so I was like, "Oh, oh I'm excited!" I got super excited, and I'm like, "Finally, it's my time to share some wisdom." Oh my gosh, yes! So thank you for that, but I, you know what I mean? And that that would then they would never watch the podcast, and even if a dribble of this would have got you know broken them out a bit that that's that negative vibration i mean it's like uh, that's why we have to deal with the fake gurus danny we have to deal with them yeah. gotta stop i gotta stop it the yeah, fake guru. i haven't had the, i don't know i'm just kidding I'm no just, it's gotta, true though there is like a guru culture happening right now yeah. and and it's like really not what the guru was originally created to be and it's almost like these gurus and even you know i, I talk about claire a lot because she's kind of my spiritual buddy and my mentor in this um she talks about she went to india and lived there for, you know, months. I don't, I don't really know how long did the yoga thing. And I guess had a really bad experience with the guru who eventually wanted like power over people instead of it being an even playing field and it being more empowering. It was like, they wanted power over people. And I think that's what I'm seeing now with like this guru culture and people wanting to spread spiritual wisdom is they're taking it to a point where it's now like disempowering and it's, mm -hmm. it's like a business for them. And my friend that lives in India, he's like, don't come here and tell people that you're here for spirituality because to you, everybody looks like an Indian guru. He's like, and they will charge you. They will make money off of you. There's this and this. And he was like totally killing my romantic dream of India because <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to go there and like, be like Ram Das and meet my guru and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And he was like, you can't come here alone. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's why yeah, I feel that so much because I'm too trusting. Uh, thank God for the experience of, because now I could test people like, well, let me ask you, blah, blah, blah. And if, I mean, these are simple little tests. Like even with you, you were like, oh, that's so interesting. I had that the other day in three different things that I've done. Like that realization that we are essentially one thing is all, the only, the only thing I try to, when I say God, all I really mean is 
if if you believe in science, the Big Bang was a tiny little one thing. If you believe in God, it was a tiny little one thing that started from a tiny little, like we're all connected. It never, there was no separation. It's not like the universe happened and then someone was like, all right, here's a grid. Everything's separated by grid. You will now be Martian people, you know, or this is all the things that will make up Andromeda. And this is all the things that the Hubble telescope will see. There's no like separation. It just all vibrated out. And eventually we kind of vibrated around and we had some <laughs> mushrooms in the Serengeti likely. And you're we like, wait, I want to keep that stick. I'm gonna fight you for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there it was humanity. So you mentioned something like we're all connected. Have you ever heard of the laws of the universe? Mm -mm. I, well, I'm sure you know all of them, but it's just like putting them in this little box. Um, there's many of them. I give a presentation on this in my uh, coaching program, Conscious Champion. It's kind of what I wanted my original talk to be on, but every nobody really, I was kind of getting beat up for it a little bit because um, it's kind of a big topic, but it's the laws of the universe. And I, I present on 14 of them, but there are many. And so one of them is the law of divine oneness. Everything is one, everything is connected through this like web of energy or fabric of the universe or whatever it is, but everything is one. So that's the law of divine oneness. And it's all made up of the same thing comes from the same thing. It's all the same source. And even speaking to like the collective unconscious. So why it's so important for us to try to be in a good state for us to ascend and reach enlightenment and evolve is because even though it's only doing it for ourselves and our lives, it, it is raising the consciousness of the whole because of the law of divine oneness, because it's all yep. create, it's all connected. And so I just, I love the laws of the universe. I geek out on it. I give the presentation every, every time I can, because it makes so much sense to me, even the law of vibration, the law of gender, you know, polarity. Um, yeah, I just love it, but I'm sure you, I'm sure you have, I'm sure you know about all of them. It's just, yeah. Right, let me ask you, have you heard of the law of the 51%? maybe I made, I made it up so oh uh, so no <laughs> so that's something I actually can't, that was like my how do I tangibly teach this in a coaching package is like I, the way I do it is I literally just track my day and none of my waking hours do I spend so to your point like everything vibrates into being from so I mean if string theory is remotely correct right we've got vibrations and we get quarks and I think it's leptons and a couple other ones I can't remember. Those turn into molecule or atoms, which turn into molecules, which turn into blah, blah, blah. Slowly over time, we vibrate into humans, right? The, the transference of energy or the transformation of energy has, has always increased its output, right? That's even the point of like marriage, in my opinion, in terms of like, you know, the strictness of religion. And that's what I mean, really, is like that whole, like, you have to be this is because that it doesn't and i'm not saying like uh male or female it just means two people is one unit right that one unit could come together and make a unit the new unit whether it's through adoption or whatever and they enrich that person with all of their combined you know universal juice if you want to call it that right if say one person is a hundred i think i looked it up it's like at resting we have like a hundred amps or something i'm way probably way wrong about that but we carry a charge right oh. so if you think about energy transforming it increases so when you decrease the universal energy 
you're living out of law with act like the literal physical law of the universe that energy only gets more complex as it vibrates to a higher level so if you're a human almost in my estimation the probably the highest level of vibration in terms of complexity along with the mind and the ego and all the thoughts you can have and iphones and zoom like much more complex than a planet i mean in terms of its construction you're, ba you're basically the tip of the spear. So when you live your life in a way where you don't eat right, or, and that's where I created the five pillars of, you know, like basically a foundational good life, right? And these are, and you'll find these in all successful people too. It's like one is like, they all have good um, mental health. That's like the main thing. They, they read, they learn, they listen, all that stuff. What are the five pillars? Now I'm curious. <laughs> um, so the five pillars are, first you start with, I say start with physical health, because if you don't have energy to like put that extra hour in the day, right? If you're, say you're like obese or you're on the opposite spectrum, you don't eat enough or whatever, whatever the unhealthiness is, right? Not everyone can control that. So, I mean, I'm not like coming after people, but that's the main thing you want to get in check. It's like my energy level, right? And I used to go for a run. That was the first thing I started with. Like my keystone is physical, physical growth, right? So the five pillars of growth, physical growth is the first one. Then you go to the mental growth, right? Start learning more, right? Like I talked about how I got out of high school and I was like, woo, don't teach me nothing. I'm a badass. Like, let's rock it. <laughs> I go to job, blah, blah, blah. Now I read as much as I can. I listen. Like my, my job is literally listening to new information, new ideas. That's why I love it so much, right? I get to meet people like you and you're like, yes, yeah, so I got this great idea. It's like, uh, I'm a badass spiritual teacher and I want to teach people about it. And I'm like, great, <laughs> teach me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or someone, someone will come on. They're like, I want to build a school or a mental health hospital in Somalia, my home country, because there they treat it like, which they're in, like, they still, I almost said pretend, but to them, it's like a visceral real thing that they're like cursed with a demon. Right. But all, you know, and so they don't even believe in mental health in a lot, in a lot of those rural, rural villages out there. Wow. And so I kind of lost my track. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, learning. So we were on the second pillar. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. I got off the tangent because I, oh, that's okay. a really interesting story. And I started to visualize it. Apparently they like had a, her story is like she knew a person that was chained to a bed for like 17 years because they had a mental health condition and the family couldn't afford it. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? All these different things. So I always, I'm like, oh, that idea. I always hurts my heart. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> oh. Physical growth. You got to grow your body, have energy so you can go help the people in Somalia, that's, you know, that's part of the reason I'm doing this is service is really the whole goal. Mental health. You got to learn, become better at what you do. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's having a podcast or being spiritual, whatever, everyone's really good at something really easy. It's just, they want to go and do this because it's popular, right? If you're really good at cutting grass, build a freaking grass cutting business and go make a bunch of money, give it back to somebody you care about and you'll feel fulfilled. Like I can guarantee you feel more fulfilled than Jason Lambo. Second, or third, I'm sorry, is your financial growth, right? You have to, I mean, this is just the reality of life. It's the one that I like the least, but if I want to feed a bunch of people, I have to make a bunch of money. It's really just that true. That's why I switched my career and I'm trying to become a coach and build a little bit of an empire so I can have a nonprofit, like Charity Water. I mean, the dude was just turning into a saint. He's like, let me just do this. And he figured it out, but he, it takes money to build these wells, right? Mm. So you got to get your financials in check. 
and then after that these are like the primaries right then you've got your tertiary like high level ones right and i was meeting these three at ups but i wasn't really meeting my relationships fully because i wasn't learning as much as i could i was focusing on leadership and how to get promoted but your relationship growth right you have to grow your ability to communicate with people and have a good relationship and really be there for people in a capacity that they can use right which which requires you to be physically fit enough so you can go and learn so you can build an empire well enough to where you can spend 10 hours on Saturday talking to your family or, you know, take some time and have a podcast with Danny and then go back to work after because you got a remote job because you wanted to do this type of work and a remote job's the best job, blah, 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 right? And these all, they all compound, right? And then the, finally, you, you have to start to be creative again. You have to have creative or spiritual growth, right? You have to be, I call it just have a good imagination. Like you just journal, journal about your day. And so what I started doing was I would just, I love philosophy. So I would just try to like, be really like philosophical with like, what am I feeling today? Right. And I would be like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm fear, fearing the future. And I would be like, okay. I would just like journal out a scene where I'm, one of them was like, I was in a lagoon and it was beautiful and calm and it was warm and everything was comfy. And this is after I had my buyout from UPS and I was retired because of COVID and they, you know, I, they retired me. So I'm an alumni at UPS now and I'm just sitting in this lagoon and I'm like picturing off this anxiety and just being creative about it. it's a thunderstorm that's coming my way and I'm gonna have to deal with it. It's gonna shake me up for a bit, but it's just a thunderstorm, right? And so it doesn't have to be like go meditate on a mountain or have a podcast even about spirituality. It's just what is that's where we talk about meeting people where they're at. Like like when I talk to my brother and he's still, I mean, he's 19, right? So we give him some credit. Like the dude's far down the path at 19. He's farther than I was, which I'm sorely jealous of, but it's all right. We make the next generation better, right? It's Bradley. His name's Brady. Oh shoot, too late. His name's Brady. And I'm Bradley, so oh, he's cool. like Bradley 2.0. So I'm like, uh, but I love the guy to death, and it's you got to be there for him in that capacity. But he's not. I mean, he wants to live his life and drive cars and stuff. And I'm like, great, let's go give back. And he's like, that's great. I'm a mechanic right now. This is what I like doing. And I'm like, yeah, I respect that. You'll be ready when you're ready, right? And if it takes five lifetimes for someone to be ready, I mean, we're all they're, essentially they're ready already. It's just they they haven't been to this one yet, or yours, or another person's. And that's that's what you slowly start to realize. It's like you're not gonna die and come back. Like we're not talking about that kind of spirituality where your ego is gonna suddenly be reborn in a new capsule, and you're gonna be like, oh, sick, I'm a baby now. I just have to pretend for five years that I'm not. You know, you know, it doesn't happen. It, it this is a collection of memories, and that's you know that's one of the main things that psychedelics do. And this is a great point to stop my rant rant on is they they inhibit your short-term memory and your ego literally can't collect it's like oh shoot i'm useless for now and that's that that's the bad trip when people don't surrender to that that's when you get a bad trip i'm fully convinced it's like if you don't surrender to it and you try to resist that's you like beating your divine self down with the ego out of fear and of course you're going to have a bad trip and freak out and lose your mind but some people aren't ready for it yet to, to uh, surrender and so yeah tangent over Surrender. <laughs> no, I love it. It's good. It's so good. Um, surrender. And we even started with that word today too. I think at the very beginning of the podcast, it was surrender. And I'm just looking, I made some notes about the full moon and lunar eclipse. And I feel like some of that surrender energy is in there too. Um, but anyway, so surrendering. So have you ever heard the term resisting is what is Re wait, suffering is resisting. What is yeah, I can. Yeah, I hear that. I forget who said that. Eckhart Tolle, maybe somebody like that. But that reminds me of like the the psychedelic trip where people resist 
Um, and that creates suffering. And even in our life, like, okay, so the thing with UPS happened, it's like, if, if you just resisted that and resisted it, it would create more suffering instead of just, it is what it is. How am I going to go forward? And I think so many people are in this almost like addictive resisted thought pattern where they like to resist everything and they create so much disharmony and suffering for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to comment on. I'm so happy I remembered it, but you said the Buddhist way, and I don't know that much about Buddhism as much as I do like Hinduism, um, the middle path. So what is the middle path about? So the middle path is basically, this is really what I like to do is, you know, quote, spiritual teacher, sprinkler, whatever, whatever, whatever the world decides to label me. Um, it's like they're all connected. So the middle path, right, essentially it means you walk the path of temperance. And this is like, and I often, you can compare it to like Socrates and his virtue, like virtue theory, basically. So like if, if I get, if you are, if you walk the middle path, you're temperate, right? You, so an instance would be like, instead of being greedy, which is, you know, indulgence or like piousness where you're like, I don't take any money and that's just my religion. I can't spend money ever. That's, those are extremes of either way. Mm-hmm. And those are what keeps you attached, right? It's like the golden chain, for instance. Like you can be attached to cocaine, which is, you know, the bad chain or like the, oh, that's just a bad person. Or you can be attached to, I'm a person who's bettering themselves, Yes. right? You can be attached to, I'm a meditator. I'm enlightened. I've, let's, that's literally the story of Osho. I mean, anybody who protects their compounds with AK-47s is not, like you've stopped your journey, right? Like you've stopped your journey, my friend. You forgot the main thing. We're all connected. And if you pass that vibration on, like, it's, it's, yeah. But to your point, it, it's basically just being, I think the best way to put it is just, you can't peel the skin off a snake. You have to let it shed. And so walking the middle path is you don't resist the fact that you might want to smoke weed or resist the fact that you want to drink sugar in the form of whatever, but you're aware of it. You're there when you're drinking it. You're like, okay, I'm drinking it. When, like, I need to balance this somehow. Maybe I need to go to the gym a little longer. Maybe I drink less later. And slowly over time, that's the middle path that you come back, right? And you, you pull yourself into this, you know, like uh, Zionism, they talk about the temple and like dreads and all that, right? I know you had dreads, it's like really honoring this as your temple of like awakening, right? Because, and they're, they're, real, they're realizing the, the gift that you get from walking the middle path is like you get to, like you need the body to get to enlightenment because you have to be able to be conscious, right? If you are missing teeth and you're constantly in pain, it's gonna be really hard for you to really find yourself. So you have to have that in your hygiene, right? You don't take seven showers a day, like, um, was it that guy, the plane, the guy who made the planes and he was hypochondriac? I can't remember that movie. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like, the planes, way of the future, way of the future. Rain <laughs> Man? Was, it wasn't Rain Man, but basically his mom, like, was a hypochondriac and she would wash them all the time. And so he became too, um, you know, in the, in the excess of clean, right? And that, like, turned him basically insane. And he got mm-hmm. OCD massively. And that, that's, that's literally where anxiety comes from, is, like, you've been told that you're something you're not or you've had this traumatic experience and you're pushing it away instead of surrendering to it and just but you don't have those skills at age nine right that's that's 
that's just the way it works. Like, I don't know a better way to say it. it's up to us to, to teach one, let them teach one and do a better job raising kids because there's no, like, there's no like pill that I can give you to enlighten you about the middle path. You have to literally have the experience of being in excess and waking up with a, you know, hurt tummy when you ate five fruit roll-ups last night, right? And slept two hours because you were gaming Legend of Zelda. Or the opposite, if you studied for 20 years of your life and now you have five friends and they're all material friends, you know what I mean? It can happen to us in many different forms, but the mm -hmm. middle path is when you you come back and you just, it's, it's about, and I don't think it's, it's evolved, right? Because you're doing the middle path, but you're also living your life and you've had these other experiences, but you, you've been in excess, right? You were in excess of like identifying with your body. Now you're, you, then you went back to, almost too much or i'm sorry you were excess identifying then you were ex or in whatever the word is i forget the actual scholarly terms school's been out for a few weeks now but you were you had not enough identifying right when you had the dreads and you're like i just need to be who i am now you're in the middle path but that takes time and experience and that's why socrates was like i'll drink the poison guys this is because his goose was cooked right he had lived the middle path he wasn't collecting these anxieties and traumas that he would have to heal from you know, in a week before he went out to trial. So in that week, he was just there and he was, this is what the people want. He, you know, he's realizing all these deep philosophical things, but it's really a spiritual awakening. He's, he's like this, he's basically saying, I am the city. The city is me. If they want me, if this is how they react to truth, then, you know, so be it. I'll just drink the hemlock. I think it was, or Nightbane. And I think, and I mean, you could do that with, you know, you could put Jesus right in there. That's, I mean, when he wasn't, I heard this and it was one of the most beautiful things I ever heard in my life is Jesus wasn't like hurting on the cross. He was weeping for joy, like in joy that he could be there and do that for, he was strong enough to be there spiritually for people in the capacity of literal crucifixion. Right. That's why people follow Jesus. Cause he had that kind of leadership. It wasn't because he was like, I'm going like, I'm going to turn your water to wine for you next week. You know, when you don't catch fish, John, but he, he had that leadership quality. He was like, we're not going to turn away from the ideas and values of, you know, and whatever it was for him, I often like fantasize about him to just like, that's a hot day, he just built a house, you know, and he's walking around the desert and he just gets to, you know, maybe he has like a heat stroke and the ego gets away from him enough there. And it's just light enough to where he doesn't like pass out. Who knows? They probably just dealt with it back then. <laughs> you know, they're probably just like, oh, he's fine. Well, you know, it's, it can happen in so many ways. And I just, with all of these spiritual icons, like Ramana Maharshi, he laid down in his uncle's study and was like, oh, sweet, I'm enlightened now. I, I died. And he had that, he just literally felt it randomly. And he was like, okay, I'll surrender to the experience of death, like ego death at 17 years old. Like what, I don't, who chooses those things? Like, like that's, it's arbitrary. It just, your vibration gets lucky and you get to see it. That's what is so beautiful about it is like, and I like to your point about like the holotropic breath and stuff. And I had the thought, it's almost like the more you, live in this spot there's almost times where i drive down the street and i'll look at a set of beautiful trees that are just like the lights hitting them just right and it's just warm enough and i'm some music's on or it's ramdas and he's talking about something just beautiful and i'm just like i can just get ahead of it right there i'm like this is just fucking pure heaven dude i'm complete right here the sink just being able to see this beauty and that's, that's the practice that you can do in life if you don't want to be a spiritual teacher, if you don't want to go to India, or if you don't want to meditate, is just be able to follow that middle path where you're able to serve for people and get that fulfillment. But you also have these moments where you can serve yourself and realize 
how just fucking fantastically lucky we are to live in not only in America, but to have not been sick of some ailment or had a genetic deficiency. Like there's so many things that could have went drastically wrong in life that we get to be here and just see, you know, the, I mean, it's fucking beautiful. I could just sit here and weep at it. I was like, you're not going to do that. I was like, <laughs> this is the biggest teaching I can bring people today. And I was like, just be here now. And I was like, no, just don't. <laughs> be here now. <laughs> Mike, I have a Be Here Now shirt on, by the way. Uh, that's awesome. I need to read the book, but I start reading it and I'm like, oh, I've heard 200 hours of this lecture. I know, like, but you I know. feel like I owe it to him, you know? <laughs> I have it too. It's, it's over there, but I have not read it yet. But it's coming. It will one day. But I've, I listened to it so much anyway. So same thing. But about the middle path. Um. So my mentor said something the other day and she's like, she explained this beautiful visualization to me. And it was like, you know, there are two banks and in the middle is this river, which is like the flow of life mm -hmm. or the flow. And then she said, you know, you don't want to get stuck on the bank of pain or pleasure. Mm -hmm. You maybe exactly. bump up against them sometimes, but you really just want to be in the middle. And she also related it to, I think it was imagination and reality. You don't want to be too far in one, one or the other, but exactly. the middle path is the way. So that's why I talked to her yet. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Yesterday. Um, and so we just had a conversation about the middle river and I just thought how beautiful that was because it's okay to maybe bump up on one side a little bit too much yeah. one time or the other, but getting stuck up on the pain bank. And some people like that they're stuck on the pain bank and they just, they're, they're scared to go back into the flow. Um, but it's like getting them off of that, you know, whatever, e either side too. So I really like the middle path because yes, to your point earlier, I did do bodybuilding and I was very much in the physical realm, being judged on my body. It was the biggest, how am I, you know, lean enough, big enough, strong enough, whatever it was. And then I kind of like renounced all of that and went to the spiritual path and stopped working out totally and kind of got into yoga. But even then I wasn't using my physical body, how I should be. Even now I'm still not, I'm like so <laughs> capable. It's so annoying. Like I was born with this athleticism, but I don't really want to go back to the gym anymore. And so I look at these yoga things. So I'm finding my way back to the middle of like physical fitness again. Yeah. And I feel like I'm so capable and I should be doing a lot more with it, <laughs> but I'm so up in my business right now, like not <laughs> just champion that I, it's hard for me to get to that point, but I'm coming back to the middle path of that to where it's like not an overindulgence in the physical, the superficial realm, but not totally renouncing it. And I think that you know, I think, you know, I'm just going to, we're going to talk about Ram Dass for a minute. Um, he said something to where he was like way spiritual and was almost not honoring his physical body, his human body. And then he had the stroke or something. And then he was like, oh, this thing does matter. And I don't even know if that was even the way that he said it or whatever, but I heard that. And I was like, oh, this incarnation does matter. Danny, this ego does matter. Like the spirit stuff does matter, but so does this. And I think that was like maybe two years ago that I heard that. And it's, it's been dropping in year after year, a little bit more. So I just have to say, thank you for saying that. Cause that was a big moment for me and like honoring both all of me, all sides of me. And now I'm learning about even like the inner child. And there are so many different sides of us that need honoring like the inner child, the masculine side, the feminine side, the, the shadow work, everything has its purpose and should be honored and revered. So Yeah. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful, though. I mean, 
you'll find you'll find your way back into it somehow. You're, you're gonna like do a yoga position one day, and the next day you wake up like sore, and you're like, oh, perfect. And then slowly, I think giving ourselves patience is so so hard to do in this day and age. Like you, if you're a failure at anything, you don't fail forward anymore. So many people just fail, and they're like, well, that ah, I'll just stick mm. here. I'll hang out here then. You gotta be, you know willing to fall on your face in search of, you know, whatever truth you're looking for. Yeah. Yes. So many people don't want to fall on their face. They're like so afraid of it that they never try. And I have to say, I think bodybuilding for allowing me to fall on my face because I failed my way to the top is what I tell everybody. And like, I just like one show after the other, boom, boom, boom. This is all adding up to my perfect formula. So even with business now and doing what I'm doing, it's like, I welcome I mean, I don't love the failures because they kind of sting a little bit. My ego gets hurt, but <laughs> they're always a learning lesson. You know, it's always, it's just like, get back up on the horse and do it again. Keep perfecting, keep going, keep going. So what, what did you say? Fail forward. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. It's one of our company um, core values, actually. Oh, but I did. I had it before we came here though. So if they ask, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who came up with it first, but you know, I'm just saying so like, what do you hope to do in the world? Like, what is your kind of like, when I grow up, I want to do this? Yeah. So that's, so the reason I did everything up until this point, including this podcast after the, is because it's, it's so, it's almost like, I don't want to call it a duty because it's more of a gift, but you just reduce suffering the best you can. Like, what do you do once the goose is cooked? You eat it and eating it like the goose doesn't eat itself. Does that make sense? Like you wouldn't cook a goose and then watch it eat itself. And to your point, that's why I started going to the gym is because I was like, okay, if I'm going to produce like back to the five pillars, like if I'm going to have enough energy to get enough money to build relationships and do podcasts in between work with people like you who one day can help me feed people. Right. And mm -hmm. actually want to feed people. That's, you know, I need to do these things and get myself to that point to, so to do, what do you want to be when you grow up is hopefully I'll never grow up first. <laughs> that's what got me into the problems in the first place. I tried to grow up and you grow up, you grow up the middle path, right? You grow, you grow up while you fall in the mud here and there, and, you know, wreck a car or something. I don't know. But I would mainly, the first thing is just get everybody fed in a sustainable way, whether that's and that, and that it's like a two-part system, right? And you, you'll love this. I use the chakra system. I was just reading about the chakra system one day and I was like, oh, this is a perfect guide to like enlightening the literal entire planet. Is like, first you got to feed everyone, right? You, that's first level chakra is like, can I eat, sleep, water? Okay, good. Second level chakra is like, okay, can, now, can I procreate? Can I have, I don't, it's not really sexual pleasure. It's just the need to, you know, birth people, right? Like mm -hmm. the groin, whatever. I'm not super studied on these, but I know that the names and kind of what they do. And then you get the gut chakra, right? Which I know is ego and collection and power and money and all that. And once you can get far enough into the heart chakra, that's where you lead with love at all times, right? It's the heart that's speaking. It's not the ego. It's not the, and so how do you get people there worldwide, right? step one we need to make sure everyone has a sustainable way to eat not just feed them right because jesus didn't give people fish he said go out and fish right socrates didn't say here's the deal guys i don't really want to drink the night bane this is really what happened this guy's kind of right i'm just being a prick because i want to use the socratic method to bring out your inner divine person let's just call it off he was like you know he committed right he gave them the fish he's like fine reap the rewards and i'm gone and you'll have to learn yourself and so 
it's tricky, but essentially you got to find a way to help everyone feed themselves. Right. I don't like, I, I'm thinking like, how the hell would I, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome, like there's people doing this with billions of dollars, but that's really what it comes down to. And so how will you do that? Right. I don't have the plan for that really yet. I would think maybe populate, but it kind of ties into number two, right. It's like, so for instance, in India and in a lot of the rural countries or rural areas in every country, really, including America, people have a lot of kids, right? Because if you don't have health insurance and you can't take care of yourself, what do you, who's going to take care of you? maybe one of your nine kids. Also, you got to work the farm. So if you don't want to pay for labor and you're a poor Indian farmer who loses, you know, 20% yield every five years because the land and the farming methods and yada, yada, you're going to have to, we got to find a way to not population control or say like, you can only have two kids, but like, you know, we got to get creative. How do we help people? It's, and it comes down to education, right? You educate the shit out of people and then they're like, okay, cool. And then you empower the shit out of women and then women don't have to just have kids whenever they want. And then the country, I mean, that's, those are the, that's the main indicator. Christopher Hitchens always said this when he was like battling religious people on debates. It's like the number one way to predict or predict to grow an economy and a country's like value is empowerment of women because they don't have five kids every five minutes because someone makes them and they can go out and get jobs and earn and build a life and a podcast and you know be a champion right and so that's those that's the real tough one it's hard to get by i mean we haven't been able to do it yet but that's because we're all up here we forgot about those first two layers and the people who got to the ego layer were like wow it's really nice to have a fucking cadillac and an ac unit right like ah, like yeah those other people deserve to come along with us but also we're in america and like and this goes back into that bias you get when you're a kid and you start that journey of the ego is like well we can help those people but we got to make sure you know this is our country and we deserve this stuff and then you learn and you educate right and you realize holy shit it's really my fault because i eat two dollar fish like i'm reaping all of the rewards of so like the Somalian pirates and all these movies that are like, oh, these assholes, they fucking took Tom Hanks uh, <laughs> ship. <laughs> like that's literally huge. Like that's countries, modernized countries just overfishing the same oceans they used to literally fish out of for probably hundreds of years in that tribe, in those tri specific tribes, right? Then once all the fish are gone, what are the people who are poor gonna do? They're gonna take your boat because that's all they can do. They don't have skills, they're fishermen tribes, right? So we're creating all these problems on our like and we see them and we know and we're like yeah but the system works really well now we don't want americans to suffer because then the economy might go down the stocks will go down and then i can't afford my super jet and i i don't know i get all those things but like i i'm i always say this to people and i i i believe it rich people could be massively rich well not you know like i don't want to be massively rich i'd love, love to be wealthy and financially free and help people feed feed themselves but like you could still have billions, Jeff Bezos. There's there's ways to do it without, you know, what what's the place that everyone talks about with the iPhones in China? It's like some Amfox or something, Foxconn factory where they they had like nets up because people were just jumping to their deaths because it was such a miserable life, really. And, oh. But like, but we have iPhones. Like mine's right here. Like I'm the first to, and that's that's the middle path. It's like holy shit, I fucked up. Like I. Now I'm not going to get the, like, this is an iPhone 12, I think. What are we on? 14, 13 S that you see my, that that's the, that's the shedding of the skin it comes with knowledge. You, you, the snake skin slowly falls off. You're like, Oh, 
buying a gasoline car is now contributing to this and that and that. And while I may not think that there's enough parts for electric, you know, like you, so you got to do something. Drive less then, ride a bike to the to the gym if it's close enough. And so you slowly, well, you got to get here first though. So what's the judo move to get people there first? Your podcast, voila, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm giving these type of things my time is once you get to the point where you figure out really the only thing you can do is waken more people so they can do less harm, give more of their massive 1%, you know, I mean, 25 bucks to charity water in 10 years will help more people than 90% of America does just because we're complacent. We're Americans. I'm complacent. Look at my dirty room. Like I got a sheet on my bed because the dogs are muddy, <laughs> but I love my dog. So I let them on my bed and then I complain about the mud still, but that's just, that's being human. That's, and you got to surrender to that. And when you piss off your brother, you got to call him the next day and be like, hey, I'm sorry I pissed you off about that game, brother. I love you, which is what <laughs> I did earlier. And you surrender to the moment. You just move on and you you don't push it away. You surrender to it. And you say, this is what I did and I'm sorry. And I take full extreme ownership. What can I do to like Tony Robbins? Hey, I'm sorry I did that. What can I do? To, what can I do next time? Instead of, well, you did this two, two years ago. So you know what? I think we're even prick. And then you spread more <laughs> bad vibrations and then they don't listen to the charity water ad because they're so pissed off and instead they don't donate the five dollars that they're going to go spend on cigarettes mm. so i feel like it's like awakening helping people with awareness and awakening is what you want to do and what you are doing <laughs> yeah basically mm. hopefully we'll build some some credentials and sell books and you know save it was is a great is a great like institution of what I and love server remember those types of things. Charity water, right? Bring that up a lot, but they're doing a lot of good and that guy still probably lives pretty well. I mean, he deserves it too. He's putting, he's doing the things that we should be doing with our massive wealth, but instead we're like, dude, I would love one of those new fucking Corvettes. They're sweet. Yeah. And as much as I would love a new Corvette, that's probably not going to be the first thing I buy if I get a bunch of money, you know what I mean? And I think, back to the the universal law thing is so what if you give 80 percent of your day for someone else right what happens when you're 60 and you decide okay i've done enough and you that's not a 401k cash in that's a universal cash in that's when you get good health and good memories and everyone around you is happy and safe and fed mm -hmm. and well and you realize i didn't just figure out how to move boxes more efficiently for the next 35 years which is great we need commerce people that do that are keep key people in the you know, the chain of economy and all that, but, you know, just, yeah, I don't know, this wasn't for me. I don't want to talk shit about UPS because I loved UPS and they were instrumental in my awakening because I learned discipline and I had great fucking mentors there. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually you just get to the point where you're like, I just want to surf and it, that becomes the job of, it becomes your job then to wrangle your ego at every point, start to serve and so yeah, feed people and peel off their skin a little bit give them a little bit you know what i mean i'll be that warm stone the snake walks by and it's just that simple too it's it's just that simple where it's just a little nudge and a little more skin comes off and i don't stop the snake the snake doesn't bite me i don't crush the snake i the snake gets to, i get to be there for the snake in the capacity that it can handle mm. for as long as it can handle it and then it moves on and the next stone like danny a little bit more can come off blah 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 and then if there's enough stones we don't got any problems, but materialism in Western culture has produced a huge void of those stones. So that's why you see like, it's a rubber band effect, right? The human, like this was my first like theory of everything. It's like, I bet you the, 
Like if you think about neurons in the mind and there's 8 billion people, like we're, we're the neurons of the planet. Like we think as if we thought as one, like, Hey, we need to save the ocean. It'd be done in five years, 10 years where we'd have a great fucking plan and it would be done in 20 years. Yeah. But we don't think that we think, okay, China's going to have this in a few years. Russia has this much power. Oh shit. Russia invaded Ukraine. And now we have to deal with these, this idiot muffin up the whole plan. Right. That was one of my trip. One of the big things in my trip is like, I, kept getting this feeling of like oh it's so perfect but we're fucking it up like it was like a you know like a communication is like you're it was like dude i love you and like i don't want to hurt you but you're fucking it all up <laughs> like <laughs> i just kept hearing it like oh and i was like oh i hear you so like you could just hear it loud and clear it's like we're killing it we're literally killing the planet wholesale but it's hard to blame people i mean it's it's not something that you're and you have to find it. It's, that's the fun of it. That's that's what makes it this beautiful thing. And it's like a little, it's like a little tag game with you know God. You're like hee 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 hee, and then you fall back a little bit and you cuss someone on the highway, and God's like, <laughs> and then you know you meditate for two hours one day, and you just have a great day, and you're like, <laughs> got you. It's just a little tag, right? Like Maharaji and Ramdas. That's awesome. Mm, that's so cool. I was gonna comment on something but it left me mm. oh you said quickly about the law of compensation how like we do stuff today and it's not necessarily like a monetary cash in but it's a universal cash in that's what i believe so like with my course i sometimes give discounts i let people in for free like i'm kind of just like nobody you know can't come in basically just talk to me just like let me know because i believe in the law of compensation which is just what you said that like I will be taken care of. It may not be in a tit for tat exact money exchange, but I trust, I have this underlying trust that like, if I do good and put out good and serve well, then like I will be taken care of in whatever capacity that I'm going to be needed to be taken care of in. Um, so I just, I'm really happy that you said that because that's how I operate and live my life. And, you know, I always say I'm a business coach is like kind of worst nightmare because of that because I, I have this underlying belief that like everything's going to be okay. And I'm totally going to get like that energy is going to come back to me someday. Maybe it's not today. Maybe it's not in this launch, but, um, it will. And so I I'm really happy that you said that, that just is awesome. Um, and yeah, it all comes back to serving love, serve, remember that's, that's it. It really is. that. Simple. <laughs> yeah, remember who you are. Then you go, Oh, wow. I love you. I love everyone. Then you just go serve because and it's not like you give your, you know, you're out there giving hugs and kissing everybody or doing anything. It's just being there in the capacity you can be for someone, right? What, what, what can they handle? Is it buy them their drink at McDonald's when they're upset about the price and just ease that tension for them? Or is it, you know, volunteering at hospice and being, being there at the end of someone's life and trying to be as, be the, you know, the light and the fog of all of that pain and trauma and suffering and chronic illness. And you're just like, yep this way i'll just show you yep. and you just try to be there for them in that little bit each time right like and if they can't see it they can't see it and, but it's our job to be there for them in that capacity right and just eat the suffering like like rob now says to be to be there not do something i think we get so caught in between being and doing and people don't be enough that's something i'm learning is like it's okay to just be me I don't have to do and overgive and do, do, do all the time, mm -hmm. but it's enough to just be. Yep. And that's really nice. So true. <sighs> this has been lovely, Bradley. Thank you for this enlightening conversation. Oh my goodness. I feel my so lifted pleasure. up.
and so nourished, even though I haven't had food, I feel totally good about it. <laughs> um, I was worried, like, I was just like, man, I hope that I can show up, but I was totally engaged and like great today. So, and I yeah. really attribute that a lot to our conversation. So thank you. Um, and you said you had a podcast, where can people find it? Or is it, what's, what's the name uh, of it? It's called Mastering the Mind with, it's Mastering the Mind on YouTube with Alex and Brad. It's basically, I don't do it really anymore. I just haven't had time. I started I was in school and I would sit there and edit the podcast. I'm kind of OCD about it. And I would just, you know, it takes two hours and just logistically, I was like, eh, let me just wait on this. Okay. So my goose is a little more cooked, but yeah, I mean, you just find me on LinkedIn or Instagram or wait, I have no backend. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's what, that's something that gets me too, but it's like, I don't feel like I could ever like to your point. It's so beautiful. I, I feel like charging someone for this kind of wisdom is like it's the cardinal sin is like you're turning it material and like but i don't know maybe one day i'll get over it and i'll be able to live off of it a little bit but until then just give all of anything that you would love to give to me or viewership or just give to danny <laughs> and then i'll come back and enrich this podcast again at a later date and maybe i'll Know, go to the Himalayas or something <laughs> and come back and have a beer and shit. We should do like, this again. Yeah. Whenever. Would, okay, cool. I would love to have a conversation again. This was super fun. Yep. Yeah. Enjoy your day. Your golden frog is so awesome. I love it. Thank you. Is this is my spirit space. Yeah, I got the little hot induction stove there. Not induction, but whatever it's called. It's something a little, my, my dad gave it to me. He's like, Hey, do you want this? We're going to bring it to the dump. And I was like, um, well, it, cause this room that I'm in doesn't have heat. So in the winter time up here in Massachusetts, it gets cold in here and it has like, it looks like a little fireplace. It's pretty cute. So it's my little heater. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I look forward to coming back. Thank you to the viewers and to you for having me. And uh, I don't have like a catchphrase, but just just remember to just be there. Just put a little space between the thought and the action. Just remember, you know, what's going on. Just take a look, right? Mm, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And everybody, thank you so much for watching or listening. I appreciate your time and energy as always. And I will see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.